Chapter 3 is absolutely thrilled to be sponsored by Titan's Penetrating Tools, guaranteed to get an answer every time. Monsoon Jackson, Series 1, Episode 3, Outlaw. Monsoon woke with a start. He was back in the maintenance tunnels. With unnecessary panic, he patted himself, checking he was still in one piece. He knew, of course, he would not be able to pat himself down if the moleskin hadn't worked, on account of either being dead or dying horribly while his body parts melted and spread out around him, much like those who worked the Aprina portal. Monsoon stood up and, despite himself, stretched gently lest something fall off. He noticed his control panel was flashing a message icon. He didn't need to head outside and check. There'd only be one request, to surrender himself to the solar force for questioning. Monsoon always knew that one day, keeping his police model panel would come back to bite him. He also knew that paying for a personal device was outrageously expensive and subject to an endless number of always poorly designed operating upgrade patches. The device pulsed red. The small scanner icon was moving, hunting for a signal. The moment he left the tunnels, it would get a fix and betray him. Monsoon would need to have the device removed. While his career gave him knowledge of those who could remove the device, it was unfortunate the same people were always unconcerned with trivial matters, such as hygiene and anaesthetics. Having the device dug out of your arm was messy with the potential to permanently disable you. But he couldn't stay in the tunnels forever. Monsoon mentally plotted a course to the nearest surgeon he could reach without going outside. He felt his face again, feeling the new shape, what the moleskin had done to him, and moved off deeper into the tunnel network. When Monsoon walked, he thought about how to extract himself from this mess. For now, only he knew Lisa Tors was alive, and no doubt she would want to keep it that way. At least until Monsoon was buried deep inside Pluto, involved in an interesting challenge of keeping his vital organs inside his body. Lisa Tors, like all truly successful criminals, was a well-respected member of the social elite. She was always on the guest list for every occasion. Her approval of someone considered a necessary rite of passage by the corrupt, because that is how the media machine worked. While Monsoon wasn't alone in suspecting her, proving it was considered too difficult and most certainly life-threatening. Monsoon knew Lisa's police file well. The officers and detectives assigned to investigate her had frequently committed suicide or had terrible accidents. Nothing to link back to her, of course. There was always a council officer who'd confirmed she was definitely somewhere else at some fundraiser when it happened. Sadly, people's commitment in bringing someone to justice could be tempered by such events. While with the Solar Force, Monsoon had repeatedly requested to work on her case, but was continually ignored. He was considered too valuable. Now he was an independent detective, he had deliberately ingratiated himself with people who would find the arrest of Lisa Tors a useful business strategy. They provided information, but Monsoon refused payments. Whether or not they realised it, they'd be next once he found a way to take Lisa Tors down. 
It, therefore, came as a pleasant surprise that his work on a smuggling case had legitimately allowed him to pursue her. The fact that she appeared to know everything about him had come as a far less pleasant surprise. But, for now, what mattered was getting to that shipment before anyone else found it. How the hell did she know about it? Nothing. Not a single possibility came to mind. But he had to get there first. Proving his innocence and finding some way to publicly unmask Lisa Tors would have to wait. Monsoon reached the exit gate he needed. He calculated that, once outside, he'd have less than five minutes to get to the premises and have the device wrenched out of him. After that, the solar force would have located and tracked him down. This was one occasion Monsoon was unable to welcome their efficiency and use of technology. Having the device removed quickly should sever the cortex cables as well as ceasing its blood supply. The device should then cease to function. The tiny upside to what was going to happen was that at least organic devices were not as robust as conventional ones. Nonetheless, this was really going to hurt. Really, truly hurt. An informant had once written to him, explaining it was like having your tongue ripped out unless it was done under surgical conditions. And he should know, as this is why he was writing to him. Informants were not well respected. Monsoon wasn't sure why his memory needed to remind him of that. He tensed himself, pushed the sweet spot on the security door and entered the family zone, running as he was, like someone pursued. Monsoon ran down narrow side streets, sidestepping people and produce. 32 seconds. Much as it was left in his legs, he slid and leapt over vehicles and containers that hampered his time to destination. One minute and eight seconds. He ran into a rundown building and went straight up the stairs. There was no time to call the lift. One minute and 52 seconds. Breathing hard, heart pounding, he leapt to the next building and barreled through the rooftop door. Then down the stairs. Two minutes and 26 seconds. He slammed into a door which, thankfully, was unlocked. Two minutes and 47 seconds. He screamed at the surprised occupant, Get this out of me now! Monsoon held out his arm while drawing his favourite weapon, Mary Jane, to act as incentive. Three minutes and two seconds. The occupant stood up and casually beckoned Monsoon into a room in the back. She opened a metal chest and efficiently removed some tools Monsoon really did not want to look at. The fact the tools weren't in a nice sterile box was more than he needed to know. Three minutes and 35 seconds. The occupant slammed the tools into Monsoon's arm. The agony caused Monsoon to drop to his knees. Then he dropped Mary Jane. He never dropped Mary Jane. Monsoon was completely at this backstreet surgeon's mercy. Four minutes precisely. The occupant inserted more tools and then, in a decisive move, wrenched the device out of Monsoon's arm Monsoon yelped, then collapsed, unconscious from the pain. The occupant worked methodically to dress the gaping wound while the lights of the device began to slowly fade. Four minutes and 27 seconds. The wailing bark of the solar force sirens could be heard outside. The device sailed out from a window attached to a drone. The pre-programmed drone flew off on a flat trajectory at speed. Outside, the police were studying their trackers, confused. The signal had been correctly tracked. 
He'd been somewhere close, but now was moving away at an unnatural pace. What kind of legs did he have fitted? The pursuit wheeled off, never thinking to look up. Monsoon woke with a start. Twice in one day was not good. He did not like being vulnerable. Monsoon immediately reached to check on Mary Jane. She was there, safely back in her holster. The surgeon had not robbed Monsoon, this time. However, the moment he moved, the seeming pain in his arm took control. Several tubes were slipped underneath the bandages. They were attached to a mixture of chemicals strapped to his shoulder. On the bandage was attached a printed note. Do not remove, or remove and die. In agony, don't care which, but film the latter. You can sell online. Monsoon managed a smile. Priva knew him well. She'd patched him up on several occasions. Not that they trusted each other. That wasn't how things worked. It was all about trading favours and calling in debts. Monsoon touched the side of his neck. He felt the still warm glow of a recently fried comms device. Damn, she was good. Instinctively, Monsoon reached for his credit token. A large payment had recently been made to an account. It would, of course, be untraceable. The token only required fingerprint ID to process, which, given he was unconscious, wouldn't have been challenging. Of course, somehow, by some complicated route, Priva would have received the credits. It was a relief Solar Force had followed protocol and not suspended his credit token in an attempt to trace him. He had no doubt Priva would not have taken kindly to being declined. On the upside, for now at least, Monsoon was under the radar. Next stop would be Dugfree's Emporium of Wonder. It was a shop full of old rubbish and unwanted tech, which was just what he needed. He fell back into a restless sleep, while his body struggled to work out what the hell had just happened to it. Monsoon awoke a few hours later. The chemicals had done their work and he was healing well. Nonetheless, he moved with caution. He was in no state to come up against someone he'd arrested. Nor to evade any enthusiastic solar force officer. Despite the drugs, the pain kept him phasing in and out of focus. He'd have to move slowly for now. Monsoon could hear Priva advising him to go to ground, to rest for a couple of days, let his body heal. But Priva wasn't being sought for murder. Not this time, anyway. Cautiously, Monsoon exited the building. He was trying to act casual, much as someone pumped full of chemicals could. Between the moleskin and the healing, his body was a cocktail of drugs that would almost certainly let him pass as a university first year. Monsoon slid against walls when he could for stability. He was sweating profusely, his dirty and torn clothes adding to a new image. To most observers, he looked like a dyne, a waster, a drunk. And the sooner he left the family zone, the better. He didn't need a concerned parent calling the local patrol, or the soiler farce, as they were known to those who thought being disrespectful to others was their personal right, although no one was allowed to do it to them, or they'd get all upset. The local patrol, with their pretend badges, an overzealous knowledge and application of the law. For as long as they had been ridiculed, their hatred had grown, They'd use any opportunity to prove people wrong. They were a valuable addition to society. There was no use of discretion when it came to these purple-suited clowns. 
Elijah had once expressed an interest in becoming part of their local patrol. It had been one of the few unpleasant arguments in their relationship. It wasn't just their reputation, but how it would impact on Monsoon Zone. He could still recall the look of disappointment in Elijah's eyes while he ran through a list of selfish reasons. But it wasn't that that had really bothered Monsoon. There were certain facts, certain histories and events that Monsoon was keen to keep out of his circulation. Of course, the likelihood of a purple clown gaining access to such information was remote, but it was still possible, and that was enough of a threat. If investigation had taught him one thing, it was that things buried would always find a way to the surface, no matter how far down, how well concealed. Sooner or later, if only by accident, those events would find someone, share their secrets with them, encourage them to share with others until the truth had exacted as much revenge as possible on its gravedigger. Monsoon lurched around the corner. At last he was leaving the family zone. The swarm of the trader zone ahead would provide him with much needed cover. Then it wasn't much further to Dugfreys. Monsoon's energy was falling as he pushed and shoved his way through the crowds. The trader zone was a hive of activity, most of it illegal, though tolerated by the council, as the money they received through fund donations more than offset any annoying demands for justice or ending corruption. So many items being bought and sold. Quite a lot of it stolen. As each homeworld had its own unique set of challenges, so the value of certain commodities would command high value. If needing to stay warm was the difference between life and a certain slow, painful, excruciating death, how much would you pay for a heating unit? If you were keen on not boiling to death, what cost a cooling unit? If you had concerns over the quality of dome infrastructure, what price to own an emergency breathing apparatus? And all of those options are brought to you by small independent traders. Unwelcome or not though, the one upside of colonisation was the end to big business. These traders could operate across boundaries and source items much faster than companies bound, sometimes, by rules. So what if the breathing apparatus didn't have an official quality test mark on it? So what if it had clearly been bolted together using a diverse range of items? It worked. It was much cheaper. And, most importantly, it meant you could own one without having to fill in the official council paperwork and pay the annual tax levy. Everybody won. No need to think any deeper than that. And even the most respectable family homes, there'd always be a few questionable items. Talks of amnesties came and went, but humanity didn't miss big business, siphoning profit from every orifice it could reach its dirty little claws into. Now, the only big business was council-controlled. Each homeworld had a few specific exports that each required. They would be traded for profit and advantage, but the real money was the most basic of needs as it ever had been. The business of food, water and oxygen. Everyone needed those, so they could be taxed. Beyond that, as to who owned what or had purchased which illegal product, there was little enthusiasm to make waves. Everyone was making or saving money. Anyway, home raids didn't win you votes, nor did losing valuable campaign fund contributions. Much of the council wanted to pretend they cared about integrity, even they weren't daft enough to lose an election, addressing an issue that no one, in truth, cared about. Monsoon finally staggered his way through and into a quiet alleyway. 
Dugfree's Emporium was just around the corner. He made a conscious decision and squeezed the remaining chemicals into his arm. He'd need to be on point for this visit. It wasn't that Dugfree had an issue with Monsoon, it was more he was such a good con man. Monsoon could well leave with a broken meta-info machine and be shaking Dugfree's hand, thanking him as he left. A quaint bell rang as Monsoon stepped through the doorway. Shops didn't use doors anymore. Since laser grids and automated firearms had been deemed standard for shop security, there didn't seem to be a need. After all, it wasn't as if you had to cope with a draft living inside a temperature-controlled bubble. With his usual grace, Dugfree appeared from the back and glided over towards Monsoon. He noted the arm. I have a nice collection of droid arms. One in gold, perhaps? Monsoon shook his head and found a seat to rest on. I've one in red. Imagine the conversations you could have. With some effort, he presented his credit token. I need clean comms and an exo-brace. Dugfree studied Monsoon for a moment. I have to assume you have health and equipment insurance. And yet you've come here. Which means you're either undercover or in trouble, pet. Monsoon pulled himself upright on the chair. I'm well aware you have a scanner out the back. You know already why I'm here. Dugfree smiled. I'm so aware that I've already heard your arrival. Monsoon's working hand moved towards Mary Jane. This did not go unnoticed by Dugfree. He extended his arms, reached over and picked up a comms pack and exobrace from behind the counter. Comms charged. Not sure how long it will last, but you'll have it ditched by then. The exobrace has a medical aid healing, but... Dugfree smiled his smile. His, I am going to sell you something now, and you know I am going to sell you something now, and yet you will still buy it, smile. He reached over the counter again and lifted out a mech arm. But this is much better. Armed medical mod has some basic heat, threat assessment, and movement sensors built in. Monsoon sighed. Of course he was going to buy that. Unfortunately, it's not armed yet, and the sensors need a battery pack. I can also upgrade it to provide cloaking for as long as the batteries are Monsoon looked directly at Dugfree and simply waved his credit token in the air. Just do it, Dugfree. You already know I'm going to say yes. Dugfree's smiling snake-like face beamed even harder. I imagine you'll also want to trade the credit token for some burn tokens as well. Nice and untraceable. Monsoon nodded and handed his credit token over. Real money was of no use to him now. Dugfree reached over the counter for the last time, producing a fully armed and functioning mech arm. His other hand stretched round and produced, it has to be said, a nicely made pouch containing a pile of burn tokens. They would be worth nowhere near the value of his credit token, but that was the last piece of tech they could trace. Dugfree whistled and two eager droids arrived. They set about fitting Monsoon with the mech arm. It took a while to calibrate and wire it into his nervous system, but they were, of course they were, well versed in such minor surgery. Dugfree even kindly threw in some fresh chemicals to aid healing, and by kindly, this was something else Monsoon was buying and would get marked up but Monsoon was too tired to care. In less than an hour, 
Monsoon had changed into clean clothes and a large jacket to hide his mech arm. He'd eaten, rested, and was beginning to feel more himself. Dugfrey had attempted to use his weakened state to buy Mary Jane. Naturally, Monsoon had declined. Although the mech arm housed some useful weaponry, it was nothing compared to Mary Jane. Nothing ever could be. As much as Elijah didn't feel comfortable sleeping so close to a weapon, he would never ask Monsoon to pack it away. The conversation as to why he was so obsessed about a gun had ebbed and flowed over the years, but the answer always evaded capture. Monsoon shook Dugfrey by the hand. His new sensor scanned outside the shop. There were no solar force officers, local patrol or enforcement drones in the vicinity. Monsoon exited the shop. He thought about trying to contact Elijah, but the risk was too great. Of course, they'd be trawling for their names over every comms channel. Despite the moleskin still working, Monsoon pressed the button at the wrist of his mech arm and shimmered out of view, cloaked. Not perfect, but people didn't care enough to look closer. It was a huge drain on the batteries, but better he travelled across the next zone without being seen. The council zone would be a hive of watchers and talkers. A stranger would be watched and followed. He just needed to get across into the maintenance sector. Few cameras, barely attended, often forgotten about. The droids did everything there, except for the really tedious manual jobs, which were left to the humans. Those humans hated all authority for being thought of as less than a droid. So it was just the place Monsoon could rest in. As he walked towards the council zone, his face flashed up on a newsboard. For a moment, he thought the cloak had failed that the moleskin had finally given out. Then he relaxed. It was announcing a reward. The Taurus Corporation wanted him. And, by the size of that reward, they really didn't care who found him. He wondered why Lisa Taurus would bother. Keeping up the pretense of her demise didn't require this, and it seemed she already knew about the shipment. Given Monsoon held no cards at all, why the rush to find him? There'd be some who believed his version of events. Why risk it? It was then that Elijah's face flashed up on the board. Now there's playing dirty, and then there's playing dirty. He was subject to a reward of the same amount. This was a direct threat. A call for Monsoon to surrender himself before things got really nasty. Even more, this was beyond where Monsoon thought Lisa would go. So far beyond the line, this was an attack on family. Surrender was not an option. Elijah would be killed either way. Money or revenge either would work for Lisa. Monsoon had to hope Elijah had reached their bolt hole. He had to hope Elijah hadn't done anything daft like contacting his sister. He had to hope the ghost strategy they'd practiced so many times had worked. For now, at least, hopefully, Elijah was safe. So first, the Aprina portal. Second, the shipment. Third, find and expose Lisa Tors. Then, and only then, go to Elijah. Monsoon checked his rising anger. It was wasteful and pointless, and exactly what Lisa Tors wanted. With long strides, Monsoon moved across the council zone. The mech arm battery should just about hold out until he got to the maintenance sector. You have been listening to Monsoon Jackson, created and written by Andy Case for Leet Motif Productions Limited. 
The narrator, Monson Jackson, were voiced by Cameron K. McEwen. Other characters were voiced by Michelle Duncan and Cameron K. McEwen. The adverts were voiced by Heather Dent Cowan. The story, all names, characters and incidents portrayed in this production are fictitious. Copyright 2018.